You know, I wonder how many of us here this morning are just pretending as if there isn't this giant gaping hole in our life. And for all of us, it's going to come in different sizes. It's going to come in different shapes. For some of us, it's going to look like addiction. We're just going to pretend like it's there. Or we're just going to pretend like it's not there. And that one day we're going to wake up and it'll just be gone. Right? For some of us, that hole is the shape of our marriage. And we're just going to keep doing the same thing we've always been doing because it'll, it'll work its way out. Right? It's what got us started. It'll finish it. We're just pretending it's our self-esteem one day we're going to wake up and have confidence because we look a certain way or we dress a certain way or we're with a certain group of people. Maybe it's our anger or holds the shape of an anger and we can't control it. And then all of a sudden when we come out of our anger, we don't recognize the person that it was. What about our debt, man? Some of us, uh, that, that hole is huge and it's got us crippled and numb. What about the hatred of people? You don't like that you hate people, but you just don't, or you just don't love people. How about the hatred of yourself? When you wake up in the morning, you stare at the, at the, the mirror, and you just are gro- you're grossed out. You're disgusted by the person that you see. Or maybe your, your gaping hole is in the shape of pride. You know, maybe it's just me, but I'd imagine that some of us are just pretending. We'll just throw a tarp over it and pretend as if it weren't there. We're going to meet a guy in the Bible today who has this giant gaping hole that he can't hide, that everyone can see. And so if you've got a Bible and you want to go ahead and turn to John chapter 5 with me, if you don't have a Bible, we've got, check this out, two people all the way up at the top of the theater. They will bring you one. If you just like sheepishly throw your hand up, they'll bring one to you. We want, look, no shame. We want that to be your Bible. We want to give you that. um, Use it however you want. Highlight in it, write in it. Uh, If you have the Restore Church app, if you click on the bulletin section, you can follow along with me. The YouVersion Bible app, if you search under the events, you can see Restore Church and you can follow. Or you can follow on this gigantic screen right behind me. That kind of rocks, man. That is huge. Um, But you definitely can't take this screen home. And so if you want to study God's Word, you need a Bible or a device or or something like that. And so we want to be there. Here's where we're going to be. We're going to be in John chapter 5. John chapter 5. Here's what's special about John. It tells the story of Jesus um, in in a different way than Matthew, Mark, and Luke do. He tells it in a way that, that shows that Jesus is God, but that Jesus is also completely human too. And so the very first thing that shows, uh, that we see is Jesus comes on the scene. He does a miracle. He turns water into wine. Then he, does, then he, goes, he gets angry um, at the temple. Uh, he does another miracle, right? And then he runs into the Samaritan woman. Uh, Man, go back and read that story in John chapter 4. And then here we are in John chapter 5. If you you wouldn't mind following along with me, here's what the Holy Spirit led John to write about the story of Jesus. In John chapter 5, verse 1, it says, Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Here's what we believe about that festival. We think that it's the Passover feast. We don't know what it is. All it tells us is that it's a Passover fest, or that it's a Jewish festival. If it is the Passover feast... Then Jesus attended four Passover feasts in his lifetime. 
well, in his ministry. He had a three-year ministry. I think this is the second time. And so that wouldn't mark. This would be like the, the beginning of his second year. Um, he spent a year with his disciples, and now he's about to go out and show people who he was. Verse 2. Now here, now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Verse 3, here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. Verse 2, it tells us that they're at this, this pool, and in Aramaic, they called it Bethesda, which in Aramaic, Bethesda means a house of mercy. And so it's got, um, it, it's got the tone of the, these people around it. It also tells us that around this is the lame, the blind, the paralyzed. And so when you walk up on this scene, this pool, the pool of mercy, right? The pool of mercy, you're going to see the blind the lame, the paralyzed. You'll probably see some other sick and crippled people. Somehow, I don't know how, we don't know how, they, they made their way here each day, um, but they would definitely be there for all the Jewish festivals. This was the day of the Sabbath, so there wasn't really much hope in what was going to happen because it was against the Jewish custom to work on the Sabbath, to do anything, to even care or love someone was work. And so there wasn't much hope for them other than to be around this pool. What this story reminds me of is when I was a pastor in Elizabeth City, um, and every third Saturday there would be a group of us that would go to a place called Kindred Nursing Home. I mean, this was the the sick ward. This was their nursing home. There would be some times, man, that, that we would go and we'd play a few songs. I would do a, like a short devotion, usually about what my sermon was the next day. We would play bingo because they would love bingo. Sometimes we play balloon volleyball. They, they loved that. And you would leave sometimes, man, just so excited. Like, it's, it's just a rush when you love people, you know? Then there would be other times. I remember specifically one time we left on Christmas, around Christmas season, we went and did some, uh, some caroling. And, man, these people were just so sad. Maybe it was because I was singing to them. <laughs> but some people in the nursing home, um, they've been forgotten. You want a meaningful ministry? Go into a nursing home, pull up a seat, and just say, I want to listen to you. You want, a, you want a good ministry? Ask them to tell you stories about their childhood, about growing up. Man, they will light up unlike they have the rest of the week or month. But when we went for that Christmas, uh, to, to do the Christmas caroling, man, what I saw were people's rooms that weren't festive. They had no hope in the Christmas story. They were sad, and they were really sad to see us go. What we see here in John chapter 5 is a group of people who have been ostracized. They're not valued. They're not important. They have no contribution to society. Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever felt like you're not valued? Maybe there's been something that's happened to you in your past, and you had no control over it. And Maybe someone stole your value. Or, or maybe you've done something that you're not proud of, that you hope no one ever finds, but 
for you, it takes away your value. Maybe you feel like you're not important to anybody or important to God, or maybe you just feel like you are ostracized. Maybe you feel like you can't be accepted or you can't be loved or you can't be valued. This is not uh, specifically what I want to talk about today, but I want to tell you that you are. We Maybe this is your first Sunday here at Restore, or maybe it's not, and this is just your first time hearing this, is we love you. We know you come with baggage. So do we. We value you. We know you've messed up. So have we. We, we find you extremely important. Because you're important to God, you're important to us. We, wanna, we want you to let us as a church love you. Um, to let your guard down one step at a time doesn't have to be all at once. But as the signs, those really nifty, awesome-looking signs, when you walked in, as they said, you belong here. Welcome home. So back to our story. You got these people who are around this pool. See, here's what happens when you live a life long enough. Yes. Yes, whatever the answer to that question was, was yes. When you live in an environment, and maybe you're like this, maybe you've lived in an environment so long where people have devalued you, have ostracized you, have pushed you off to the side, here's what happens is you lose your hope in people. You lose your hope in humanity. And maybe you are there now, maybe you have been there, and that's what has happened to these people this group of people. And so what they've done is they've surrounded themselves around the pool of mercy and the, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed, they all have their hope in, in this water, in this pool. Verse 4, which is not in your Bible, you won't read it there. Uh, if, if it is, uh, you know, we can go back and forth. But here's, here's what we do know about verse 4, is it tells us why they're sitting around it. Maybe it's in your footnotes or maybe it's not. But here's what happens is they sit around this pool and they wait for a disruption in the water. What they thought was that an angel would come up and stir the water up, and the first one into the water would be healed. Um, and so these people have their hope in this pool of mercy. Let me ask you this question. Where's your hope? Like, where do you find your rest? When life has just... When life is like overwhelming to you, where do you go? Is it in people? Do you, ex- do you expect people to fill that void, that hole? Do you expect the church to? Do you expect, uh, maybe, maybe it's the likes and the shares on social media to fill that gap for you. I'm going to tell you, people will let you down. Restore Church is awesome, but Restore Church will let you down. Social media is... Uh, a very fickle boyfriend or girlfriend, right? Like, it's going to let you down. Where's your hope? What are you using to fill your, that void? Is it family? Because your family are going to let you down. Is it your career? Because at some point it's going to be over and it'll let you down. What about your busy schedule? If we just say so busy, we won't have to worry about that. Um... Enter Jesus. John chapter 5, verses 5 through 6. This is, picks up the story. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. 
When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? <laughs> so we find out that one of the dudes that's there, he's, he's an invalid, uh, probably some sort of paralyzed. He's 38 years old. We don't know how long he's been paralyzed or, or an invalid, but we know that he's 38. And for the first time in a very long time, someone has looked at him and has spoken life, has like started a conversation and has not talked about him. And so Jesus, man, it's like he's heard the stories at least for a year. And then Jesus comes on the scene and it's like, yes, Jesus is talking to me. And then what does Jesus say? Come on, dog. <laughs> Do you want to get well? Duh. Right? I mean, but then if you think about it, it's a pretty good question, isn't it? If this man gets well, he loses his ability to beg for money. If this man gets well, he's got to contribute to society. If this man gets well, then he's going to gain responsibility for his own life, and he can't blame the rest of society for not, talk, for not taking care of him. So... Do you want to get well? I mean, it might seem like a silly question, but do you want to fill that void? Because it might mean some responsibility. It might mean a change of priorities. It might mean that you have to give your life to Jesus and give up some other things. See, here's what, here's what you got to know. Right here, Jesus sees past this man's sickness. And he looks to this man's healings, but he's got to know first, does he even want to get well? See, Jesus sees past your infirmities. He sees past this hole and he sees your healing, but first he wants to know, do you even want it to be filled? You know, um, getting well, it's got nothing to do with your ability. You've been trying for a while to get rid of your pride, your anger, to, to try to fix your marriage or your addiction. You've been trying for a while. Look, to you getting well has nothing to do with your ability, but it's got everything to do with your mindset to decide if you want to be well or not, and then to allow God's ability to fill that hole. So go back to the story. Aaron and I are living in our house. I'm not handy. Remember, I own one hammer. Um, I have no idea how I'm going to fix this hole, but right now there's a tarp that's over it, and it's working fine for me. Apparently, this is not a good solution long term. I was cool with it. Uh, you know, I was all right to raise kids under the tarp and let it be. But, you know, imagine if we were to just go live in that like that. Eventually, moisture would come into our house, right, and mold, maybe a few animals. But, you know, we like pets. They would have been fine. Eventually, they might have brought disease into our house. And to be a little silly for a second, they would have brought sickness and could have if we were really lazy, which I am sometimes, especially when it comes to fixing holes in the ceiling, might have, might have caused death. Now imagine what's going to happen if you just let this hole chill. You might already be somewhere in that, somewhere in that line of logic. Verse 7, John chapter 5, verse 7, it says, uh, Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. 
while I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. And when I, our kids say stuff like this, I'm like, aw, aw. You know, I look at this, this text, this verse right here, and I'm like, come on, man. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. But then I read this quote this week by John Calvin, and he says, The sick man does, does what we nearly all do. He limits God's help to his own ideas, and he does not dare promise himself more than he conceives in his own mind. And how many times have we done that? And we're like, God, I've got it figured out. Well, wait, God can't do this in my life because I've done this, 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 and this. Or, or God can't do it in my life because if he does, then this will happen, this will happen, this will happen. And God's like, dude, all I want to know is do you want to get well or not? Let's wrap up this, this passage here. John chapter 5, verse 8 and 9, it says, Then Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. And at once the man was cured, and he picked up his mat, and he walked. Do you want to get well? If the answer is yes, then you've got to pick up your mat, and you've got to walk. This Verse 9, is, it's a two-step process. It's pick up your mat and then walk. And the first step in picking up your mat is just deciding to pick it up. Like the first part of that is all personal. I'm going to do it. I'm going to pick up my mat. And then the second is an action. It's to walk. So here's, here's two things you can do today to apply this tomorrow. First today is you've got to decide to let Christ fill that hole. Stop looking to other places. Guys, alcohol will not fill that hole. It's just going to make it bigger. Drugs is not going to fill the hole. It's just going to make it bigger. Sex outside of your marriage is not going to fix that hole. It's not going to make your marriage better. It's going to make that even bigger. Like the things that we're trying to fulfill these holes with, social media, whatever it might be, friendships, relationships, they're not fixing it. The only thing to fix it, like our hope is in all of those things, but the only thing that's going to fill that void is to put your hope in Jesus. And our hope is in Christ alone and in eternity with him. Man, if you want peace and joy, it's going to come from Jesus and nowhere else. That's the first thing you've got to decide. Yeah, small thing, right? And then the next thing, is the last thing is this, decide to walk. You can make up your mind right now, yes. Lord, I want you to fill this void in my life. But if you don't take any steps after that, it's all for naught. He says to pick up your mat and walk. So for some of you, the decision now is to walk. And I'm going to tell you, it's not an easy walk. It's a make up your mind, I'm going to put one step in front of the other kind of walk. The walk is going to be an uphill walk. It's going to be a hard walk. But... Look around you. It's going to be a crowded walk because you've got people who are doing it with you. It's going to be a peaceful walk because as we're doing it, we're doing it together. We're crying together. We're celebrating together. We're loving each other. It's going to be a joyful walk because we know what's on the other end of it. So for you, it's time to, it's time to decide. Some of us, it's, we're in the decision-making process right now. Giving this whole church thing a try. It's not what I thought. It's in a movie theater. <laughs> but don't put your hope in us. Put your hope in Jesus. 
and decide today that he's going to fill that gap. And then for the rest of us, it's one step in front of the other. So what's your next step? What's your next step? And don't do it alone. Let us help you. Let other Christians, brothers and sisters help you. God, we love you. And we're so thankful, God, for, for what you've done. Yeah. But God, our hope is in you for what you're going to do. We might be mourning today for some reason, but your word says that joy comes in the morning. And as we take one step in front of the other, God, let that joy increase. God, we, uh, we know that our, uh, our gaps, these, these holes in our life, we've been trying and we can't fill them. But God, we know that you can God, give us courage and, and, and give us peace. Give us, give us your Holy Spirit to help us. Um, Father, we, we're just in all of you that you would give us second chances, that you would give us the power to fill these holes. <clears throat> uh, we pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.